Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Praise God. If you're already standing, you can stay standing. If you're not, you can stay seated. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 12, verse 3 real quick. The Bible says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That was a promise to Abraham. I'm going to bless all those that bless you. I'm going to curse him who curses you, and in you... In Abraham, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. So many directions we could go from this verse of Scripture, huh? And I picked this one. The faithlessness of the faithful. The faithlessness of the faithful. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your blessings. I thank you, God, that by your Spirit you have graced us with your presence I pray that you'll touch us, transform us, change our lives. Let us walk out of this place different than we walked in. Let it be said of us, they've been in the presence of the Lord. Let it be known, let it be recognizable that we have spent time in the presence of the Lord. I pray in Jesus' wonderful name, I give you all the glory and the honor and all the praise because you alone are worthy to receive it. God bless you, you may be seated. How about we clap our hands one more time for Jesus, give him the glory. All the honor and the praise that he's worthy of today. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Last week, my son-in-law, Michael, preached to us. He did a great job, didn't he? Did a great job. And in his sermon, he made one statement that for some reason jumped out at me, and it hit me a little differently than... I've ever thought of before for some reason, because it's a very familiar story. He mentioned Abraham. He was mentioning being uh, uh, faithful. He mentioned he was talking about being steadfast. And he brought up just in a a statement, he mentioned even Abraham stumbled and and did not hold on and and, uh, couldn't wait for the promised child. And so he brought out the failure of Abraham in all of this. And it it hit me because I was planning on preaching a totally entirely different message, a whole different thought today. Maybe we'll get to that in the future. Um, But I couldn't shake that statement that he made. I couldn't shake it, and and it was just on my heart. I don't know how other ministers do it. I don't know how other pastors do it, uh, whether they get a thought and that's what they're going with. Me, if if I can't get my thought to connect spiritually with my relationship with God, I I just can't go through with it. That was the case here. All of a sudden, it wasn't clicking, but Abraham was. And so I decided to do some working with Abraham here, and I realized a couple of things about him, and therefore I come out with the title, The Faithlessness of the Faithful, because Abraham showed in several places a tremendous lack of faith. Can you say amen? God called Abraham, and when he called him, he called him to come out of his father's house and out of his father's land, 
and into another country, a land that I will show you. Now, God is still calling us to do those things. He's not asking us to leave our families. He's not asking us to leave our fathers. But He is asking us to leave our sin and our familiar surroundings. He's asking us to come out from that. And He called Abraham and He said, I want you to leave your father's house and I want you to leave your country and I'm going to bring you to a land and I want you to go to this land that I will show you and when I get you into that land I'm going to make of you a great nation there. Of course we know from history that that land is the nation of Israel and, 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 and uh, uh, Abraham came out of his land and he started walking through the, what is currently Israel and every place he walked God was giving to him and to his descendants and that was the deal. You walk through this land and all the land you cover I'm going to give it to you not a bad deal, huh? Imagine if the Lord said, I'll give you everything in the capital region. If you just start walking, I'm on my way. Where's the biggest mansion? I'm heading right there. But he made a tremendous promise also to Abraham. He didn't just say, I'm going to give you this land that you walk on. He also said, in you, all of the families of the earth are going to be blessed through you. All of the, the blessing of God flows from heaven through Abraham to the rest of us. That's what that's saying there. That's what that's saying. Through Abraham to the rest of us. I'm going to bless all of the families of the earth are going to be blessed through you. Now, obviously, he meant both spiritually and naturally. Naturally, this, the sons of Abraham are the, are the Jewish nation, uh, but uh, we are spiritual sons of Abraham, are we not? If we've ever been born again, we've been born into the bloodline of Abraham because the promise was to your children, and the promise was that he would have children like the stars of heaven, which represent the, the, the uh, spiritual born children, which you and I are whenever we were baptized in Jesus' name. The Messiah came through the bloodline of Jesus. We've been baptized into his name. I'm part of the family. Amen. Praise God. Of course, we also know at that time, I'm just covering a few of the details here. We know at that time that God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Abram, they, say, tell, they tell us that Abram meant uh, uh, exalted father and that he changed his name to Abraham because he was going to become the father of a multitude, not just an exalted father, but the father of a multitude. Now, let me just go off of Abraham for a moment, so follow along with me. Because while God calls Abraham to leave his father's house and go to this land, and as long as you walk through this land, I'm going to give it to you, God also knows everything. He knows everything. Don't you, and let me just say this. Don't you be afraid to talk to Jesus about anything. You might be embarrassed at the depth of your sin, but he already knows all about it. <laughs> you might try to hide it from you. You're not hiding it from him. He, he knows everything. So talk to him about anything. All right, go to Jesus about anything. God knows everything, but he doesn't only know everything current, he knows everything past, and he also knows everything in the future. He knows exactly what your future holds. He's omniscient. The Bible refers to him as being 
omniscient. In fact, Isaiah chapter 46, the Bible says this about him. He declares the end from the beginning. He tells you how this is all going to end up. He knows how everything ends. He declares the end from the beginning. And listen to this. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done. He knows things that haven't happened yet. And the Bible goes on to say, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. That's what the Bible says about our God. I like the way the New Living Translation says it. It says it like this, God speaking, only I can tell you the future before it happens. Everything I plan will come to pass. Your plans might not, but mine will. Everything I plan will come to pass, and he closed by saying, for I do whatever I want. Who's going to tell God he can't do that? Can you say amen? Amen. Secondly, let me tell you something else about God. He does not make mistakes. He brought you here today, not by mistake. It is not a mistake that you walked in here. Because God does not make mistakes. And since he doesn't make mistakes, and he put the breath of life into you, listen carefully, my friend, Neither are you a mistake. You might have been a mistake to your mother and your father. You weren't a mistake to Almighty God. He doesn't make mistakes. And you are not a mistake in His eyes. He loves you and died for you. And not only that, now I may not be a mistake, but that doesn't mean I haven't made a few. Let me tell you something about my God. My God can take every mistake that I ever make and he can turn them into good if I will put it back into his hands and say, Lord, I messed this up. Show me what to do. He can fix your life. Praise God. He can take the mistakes you make and turn them into something good. Doesn't Romans 8.28 tell us that God causes everything, everything, everybody say everything. Everything. Say everything. 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 To what? Work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. My friend, if there was ever a reason to serve God other than getting out of hell and going to heaven, it's because everything that goes wrong in your life, God will change it around for the good if you will but serve Him. Now, the first thing God did with Abraham when He called him, and it's the first thing He still does, He does it with every one of us. God called him, called Abraham, And that was to leave his homeland and go to a land that God would show him. Now, God's not calling us to leave a physical location. He's not calling us to leave a physical place, nor is he calling us to leave a physical family. But he is calling us to leave our old life behind. That's what he's doing. He's calling us to leave an old life 
behind. That's why 2 Corinthians 6.17 tells us to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. What is unclean? Whatever he says is. That's what's unclean. God says it's unclean, it's unclean. He said don't touch it. The problem is, <laughs> I'm just an honest kind of preacher because uh, I know me. And if I'm like this, I assume at least some of you must be. We're not always good at doing the right thing all the time. We sometimes struggle doing the right thing. In fact, a lot of times we just do the wrong thing. <laughs> sometimes we think the wrong thing is the right thing. We find out later it wasn't. Sometimes we flat out know it's not right, but we go ahead anyway. That's is that all right if I'm just honest? Maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you're not like that. I am. I've done some things I thought were right, found out they were wrong. I've done some things I knew were wrong when I was doing them, and I was doing them anyway. Because we're not real good at doing right all the time. Is it all right if I'm just an honest preacher today? We're not always that good at doing right all the time. That's why David prayed, and he said, search me, O God, which is another aspect of things. Do you, <laughs> do you know you have things wrong with you, you don't even know they're wrong? <laughs> you have things wrong with you right now that you do not know are wrong. You are going on your merry way and the light of God is shining on your path and all of a sudden it hits something and you go, uh-oh. Why? Because that's been in you this whole time. You don't know what... You don't know what's wrong with... Your wife can tell you what's wrong with you. You don't know. <laughs> Brother McCoy is giving me a disgusted look right now. Don't, he's saying, don't give her any ammunition, please. <laughs> Works both ways, don't it? Your wife doesn't know what's wrong with her, but you do. And your kids don't know what's wrong with them, but you sure do. And you don't know what's wrong with you, but your kids know what's wrong with you. <laughs> Here's what's important. It's not nearly as important that everybody else know what's wrong with me as it is that I know what's wrong with me, and half the time I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just being honest with you. I don't always know what's wrong with me. David didn't know what was wrong with him. He knew there had to be something wrong with him because his life was getting messed up. He knew something must be wrong because he wasn't God and he doesn't do everything right all the time and he is subject to faults and failure. And so in Psalm 139, he cried out and he said, Search me, O God. You search me. I don't care if my wife thinks she knows what's wrong with me, and I don't care if my kids think they know what's wrong with me. I want you to tell me what's wrong with me. He said, see if there is some wicked way in me. Why? Because I don't know. I'm just here to tell you today, folks, you don't know what's wrong with you. You may know some things, but you don't have a clue yet of what's all wrong with you. That's why our prayer ought to be, God, search me and show me. 
What's wrong with me? Praise God. That's another message for another time. All that's wrong with us. Let me get back to Abraham for a minute. Abraham was called of God. And so are all of you. You know why you're here today? Because God's calling you. You may think, no, it's just because I came to visit. No, you did not. God brought you here for a particular... God doesn't do anything by chance. It's chance to you. It's not chance to God. So listen up. He's talking to you. Abraham was directed by God to leave his homeland and to go to a land that God will show him. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Pretty clear. Go to this land that I will show you. And so he gets up out of obedience. God bless Abraham. It was a land that Joshua eventually conquered uh, after 40 years in the wilderness. That's another message at another time. Let me stay on Abraham for a moment. Abraham gets up and he goes and he starts walking through this promised land. And guess what happens when he starts obeying God? Things went wrong. Famine. Famine. Hit. The Lord appeared to Abram. This is chapter 12. I'll just read it to you real quick. To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord. That's good. Build an altar to the Lord. Offer up your sacrifices. Who had appeared to him and he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent there in Bethel. On the west side of Ai on the, and on the east. And there he built another altar to the Lord. You need to keep building altars. Every time God brings you to a new revelation, build an altar there. And don't forget about that revelation. He built an altar there. And he called on the name of the Lord there. And so Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south until we get to verse number 10. Listen to verse number 10. You ready for this? I'm going to read it to you. This is chapter 12. If you ever want to look it up later. Verse number 10. Now there was a famine in the land. Wait a second, guy. You didn't tell me anything about famine. You say, get up. Bring, I'll go to, this, go to this land that I'm going to show you. You didn't tell me there was going to be a famine here. Let me tell you something. Listen carefully to me. Just because God tells you to do something and it's the will of God does not mean everything goes perfectly right all the time. Does not mean there'll never be a problem. Does not mean you'll never face a hardship. Does not mean you'll never face a dilemma. He was obeying the will of God. He was walking through the promised land. He was even building altars as he went. And suddenly the Bible just out of the blue says, oh, and by the way, there was a famine in the land. We get caught off guard sometimes, don't we, when things go wrong? God, where are you? I thought I was obeying you. Maybe you were. Doesn't mean everything goes right. Doesn't mean everything works out the way you thought it was gonna. There was a famine in the land. So listen to what the Bible says. And Abraham went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. There was no famine in Egypt. He looked around and his world, his world was a mess and he went down into Egypt. The Bible does not say God told him to go to Egypt. It doesn't say that. The Bible does not tell us God told him not to go to Egypt. It doesn't say that either. It just says he saw there was no famine in Egypt, and he got up and went there. Abraham did that on his own. Now, before you think you know where I'm going with this, hang on, because I might surprise you. This is probably as far as I'm going to get today, and that's all right. I'm going to preach on Abraham some more next week. As I put this together, I thought, I ain't no way I'm doing this all in one message. 
Abraham was in the will of God, walking through the promised land, and everything went wrong. Famine hit the land, and he didn't know what to do about it. He looked around and tried to figure out what he could do. Let me tell you something. Just because you're in the will of God doesn't mean everything works out. Does not mean you don't have problems. The apostle Paul was in the will of God, preaching the gospel, was he not? And he ended up in prison and eventually martyred, killed, put to death. And that was the will of God. He was doing the will of God. You think sometimes I'm doing the will of God, surely the blessings of the Lord are going to flow. Well, talk to the apostle Paul because that didn't happen for him. And the same for Stephen. Stephen was the very first martyr doing the will of God. Peter, the apostle Peter, as far as we know, all the apostles died trying to fulfill the will of God. I don't mean to be a preacher of doom. Bear with me till the end, would you? If you're watching this online, don't shut it off just yet. I'm going somewhere with this. Daniel did the will of God, ended up in the lion's den. Three Hebrew children did the will of God, ended up in the burning, fiery furnace. God delivered them. He did not deliver Paul. He delivers some, does not deliver everyone. He does whatever he wants to do with you and me. And I want him to. Do whatever you want with me. Doing the will of God does not mean everything works out right, or at least it does not mean everything's going to work out the way we preconceive it will. And next week we're going to talk about some of the things Abraham did wrong. But let me just try to wrap this up real quick by taking a look at this. Number one. The point could be made that God called Abraham to this promised land, and no matter what he faced, he should have stayed there. There's merit to that thinking. But the point can also be made, Abraham obeyed the will of God, and his family was about to die, and so he thought things through, and he thought, you know what? I'm going to take my family down to Egypt for a little while and preserve them, and then I'll come back when the famine lifts. There's merit to that kind of thinking. Just because you step into the will of God doesn't mean you have all the answers. Right? You don't know everything. God's given you a brain. He expects you to use it sometimes. He's not going to tell you, turn left, turn right, go this way, go. He's not a GPS or what are those things in our cars? Is it GPS? Is that what they're called? Direction givers. Navigation, that's the word I was looking for. Who would have thought the first lady would give me a word to say? <laughs> God is not a GPS navigator. Turn right, turn left, do this. He says, go there, and then you figure out how to get it done. He gave you a brain, use it. I've been doing this for 40 years. I'm still trying to figure out how, how to get this church to grow. I'm still trying to figure out how to pastor. I don't even know how to do that yet. He called me to pastor, and now he's left me to try to figure it out. So if you can give me some help, I appreciate it. We're getting there, though. Got some people stepping up to the plate. Hmm. We're getting there. So sometimes figuring things out is hit and miss, isn't it? Sometimes it is. Listen to me. Not all failure is sin. What'd you say? I said not all 
failure is sin. You're trying to do what God asked you to do, and it didn't work out. Doesn't mean you committed a sin. He didn't tell you how to do it. So you had to use the brain he gave you and give it a shot. Do not be afraid of making a mistake. (laughs) Say it again. Do not be afraid of making a mistake. Give it a shot. If it's wrong, God can fix it. There isn't anything you can do that his blood didn't cover. But let me give you the other half of it. Not every mistake is sin, but trust me when I tell you every sin is a mistake. (laughs) It's one thing to be trying and fail. It's another thing to know you're going to fail because this is not the will of God. But even your sin, even your sin, I don't need to ask for a show of hands of you that have sinned. Even your sin, God can fix it if you bring it to him. Let me wrap this up. Going to Egypt may not have been God's will. The Bible doesn't tell us one way or the other. It doesn't say God told him to go. It doesn't say God reprimanded him for going. It doesn't say that at all. Abraham tried to do the best he could. Next week, I want to talk to you about some of the things he did wrong when he was there. That's another message. We're going to talk about that next Sunday. All right? But for this Sunday, I want to wrap this up by saying this. Just because God tells you what to do doesn't mean he gives you the answer on how to do it and doesn't mean you're not going to fail along the way to do it. It doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. It doesn't even mean that you might not commit some sin here and there. And I'm not justifying sin. You know that. I'm not justifying sin. But I've seen the devil beat people over the head because of their sin to where they would not come back to the house of God. And I'm here to tell you, bring your sin to Calvary. Bring it to Calvary. So you might make some mistakes, and some of those mistakes might even be sinful, but that doesn't mean God's finished with you. And I close with this, as the musicians come, your brokenness and your broken life and your broken heart is not what defines you. That's not what defines you. You want to know what defines you? Your love for God and your willingness to turn to Him for your answer. That's what defines you. Can we stand together? Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. 
Thank you and God bless.